Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. I'm Justin Oswald, the Executive Pastor of TC. Back again with me today is Lead Pastor Brad Livingston. What's up guys? Good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. But you know what, Justin? It's not just another week, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Not even close. Not even a little bit. Uh, So, uh, although it is another week and it is another sermon and it is another follow-up podcast, it has not just been another week. It has most assuredly been a different kind of week. Um, the second time in our church's history, we went to a uh, online-only service. We did one time. I don't, it was a hurricane, but I don't remember which one. Well, I was here, so it yeah, was it was it was at Desoto. It was sometime in uh, over the last two years. Two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Sometime in there, whatever that was. Whatever that was. So, uh, but yeah, we, um, you know, had a, a good service and uh, getting ready for another one this weekend, you know, so. It was, it was very different being online, but. Um, it was good. I liked it. It was cool. It was, it was, it was very 2020. <laughs> and that's a, you know, Justin and I and, and our whole team and our staff and man, shout out to people that made some really big things happen uh, this past week. And they're going to continue to make big things happen, you know, next week and so on. I mean, um, you know, you got, you know, John with our creative team and Kyle with the production team and, and, uh, and Erica with the production team, uh, she's coaching now and, um, you know, did an incredible job. And then, you know, I, I hate to start naming names because you know you're gonna miss some, but you know Will, Willie was up here, Ashley, my you know my wife Ashley was, you know all on the, the production team up here and, and worship um, Eli and then yeah then there's the whole worship team and and I, I think a lot of times you know our worship team and the preaching and all that those are kind of like sung heroes you know what I mean you see their faces and then you know what you don't realize is there's you know five or six people uh karen was running the camera you know there's five or six people uh sometimes more behind the scenes that no one ever gets to see and they really help pull off something really dope last week and this week we're gonna try a few things a little different but but still nonetheless i think it's gonna be great so um we're excited it is it's a crazy time i mean i think <clears throat> i think every uh every church is learning right now the 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 key word for pastors over the last week, I think, has been adjust. <laughs> Pivot! <laughs> um, but I think we're learning a lot. It's been very cool to see, you know, churches that are, you know, that that are on the front lines technologically, you know, yeah. uh, d- doing, helping the churches that maybe aren't, you know, and then, you know, churches that have the capability to, to record services and all that have been helping churches that don't have those abilities. I think yeah. that's cool, but it just shows that it shows at the end of the day that church is not a building and it's not an event. Boy, howdy. It's not a service, you know, it's not, not as part of church. I think it's having a service and where we, you know, the assembly is very important. Agreed. Um, you know, but it's it's not an event. It's not a. It's definitely not a building. And I think we're learning that. Um, and you know, yeah. we also want to keep people safe during 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 this time. And well, yeah, and that's the thing, right? Is it's like uh, it, it it's understanding, you know, it's understanding when to use wisdom. And I think that 
some pastors and churches and leaders and even organizations and business need, maybe need to use a little more right now during this season. You know, um, you know, Jesus could have come and healed Lazarus before he died, but he there were some things popping off, and he chose to wait a few extra days. Yes, he did. Because uh, just because you can do something in the current time frame doesn't mean you should do something in the current time frame. And I think there's just things to learn about all of that. And um, I'm not suggesting whatsoever that we have got it all figured out. All of us are trying to do what's best for our churches. I just think that sometimes, and, and maybe, you know, church folks that's out there that's listening, we don't really deal with this at TC, um, you know, maybe a little bit under the surface that I'm a little less aware of, but, you know, we don't deal with this a lot at TC, but maybe there are other pastors out there that do deal with this, and, and I, I just want to, you know, throw it at church folks. Like, church folks, hear me for a second. Don't put pressure on your pastor to do something that seems like whatever you think is right. Like, don't. Like I just want to encourage anyone that attends church, you have a pastor you submit to, whether it's me or whether it's just somebody else, give them the space to pray through what the what the right thing is to do for your church body for the whole as a whole, right? Right. Um, and you know, every good thing isn't a God thing. You know, uh, the right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing. You know, so just some of those things to keep in mind. I think that's helpful. You know, the uh, pastors are making, you know, I can speak on behalf of myself. We're in a conversation with a lot of pastors right now. Um, you know, pastors are making the hardest decisions of their entire careers right now. Uh, we're all in uncharted territory. And although I do feel like, you know, most of us are making wise decisions in good time, um, there's still an element of like, man, I hope this is the right call. I, I, you know, I mean, I'm in a three-day fast. I was talking with Justin. I'm, I'm in a three-day fast right now uh, on just a few things. It's like because I need to know – I need to have with the highest amount of confidence that I can have that God – where we're going on a few things is the right move and, and just trusting the Lord. And, you know, nothing's catastrophic. It's just, you know, I, I Pete, Justin knows me as an eight – right? As an Enneagram type eight, <laughs> um, I like to be in control and I don't like to be controlled. So I don't have to be in control, but I will not be controlled. Um, and well, <laughs> well, yeah. And it's in times like this when there's so much out of our control and, and you, you, know, you got to focus on the things you can control. That's right. Um, you know, and, and, and with things important. being out of my control, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, because of that, I can become very, um, reactive rather than responsive i can become very um you know knee-jerk reactionary you know just uh my emotions can really get the best of me and so it's really about trying to you know next week's sermon pastor dan i've been trying to figure out how to title next week's sermon not this week but next week's sermon pastor dan said something when i was talking to him on the phone actually just earlier and uh i said that's it that's that's the title of calm down that's the title (laughs) of uh of next week's sermon. So this idea of pivot over panic, you know, so, um, there's, there's, you're always going to have opportunities where you could panic, but that's when you got to learn to pivot, stay calm, trust the Lord, move in faith. Um, but also use wisdom and all that stuff. So anyways, it's it's a crazy time. I mean, I think it's just, we're learning that, um, it's very clear that, that church as an organization is becoming more and more digital. Boy, howdy. Uh, 
<clears throat> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you know, you, you, it's always been like church is a physical organization that has a digital presence, and that's, that's and that's flipping. You know, where church is becoming more of a digital organization. That hopefully we can have a physical presence again. Yeah. Um. You know, <laughs> obviously this is all this all will pass at some point, but um, well, you, maybe. You, you hope um, maybe. You I mean, know, but for, I, I tell you, yeah. I think the ones that the one the, the the churches that handle this digital well, um, and and learn how to resource people and still make disciples and and still facilitate community and all these things can happen digitally um yeah you know and then and then obviously being aware of it's like social media you know a decade ago social media sounded like a great idea and now there's some dangers to it you know but it's sure. just it, it goes back to what you said pivot i mean the that's yeah. the key word we have a we have a a three word saying here in our church and it's kind of they're all th- one word sentences but it's analyze adjust repeat you know like we're making adjustments as pastors as best we can we're adjusting to the climate around us um and and the the authorities and the recommendations and and all those things to keep people safe and then we're trying to still provide things for for church as far as the church service and then you analyze what happened and then you make adjustments and you keep on going well that's the things you know is, is and that's why i think i wanted to kind of talk to pastors for a second in the beginning is let them know like man do the right thing for the for your body as a whole because a lot of you know you and i just got done talking about this before we went on air you know this idea that you know we need to be working on this not in this you know uh, i think the the pastors and the churches that are going to do this well are going to be the ones that can step outside of just what's got to happen tomorrow what's got to happen this sunday and really start to analyze what does our church look like that like that's you know that's what i'm doing over these three days is really trying to fast and pray like god what do we look like you know this could last six months and the church doesn't need to wait six months to become active again, just so we can have Sunday morning services. Like we need to become far more proactive than that. Yeah. Um, and more importantly, we've always told the world that we have the answer to their problems. That answer can't fall silent in times like this. It has to get louder. Right. So, yeah. um, my uncertainty as to how things may go, um, can't cause me to become uncertain in who is in control of them. And so we have to just have that confidence and, and fast pray, you know, do all the things that's necessary to help come up, you know, get to get those answers and get moving. Um, that's it. cause we're still on mission, you know, that's it. but you're right. I think that the churches that learn how to navigate digital well, I mean, was it two years ago? Two years ago, Craig Eshel was on, you know, Carrie Newhall's podcast and was talking about, you know, the churches that figure out how to exist in a digital world and an on-demand world and a Netflix type of world and get off of this idea of having to be in the building on Sunday mornings, but they become the church that anyone can watch anytime. The people that solve that problem are going to be here 10 years from now, and the ones that don't, won't. I don't think any of us saw this coming, <laughs> right. but, but he got railed for that. I mean, people were coming at him like completely sideways. Like the church will always, we'll never not gather and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, huh, <laughs> yet here we are. And, and, you know, you know and then, uh, there's just wisdom in keeping your people safe. Read an article today, another church, um, they had some type of, a. Uh, like a two or three day kid event a few weeks ago. Yeah, saw that. And now like forty something people, including Is that the one in Arkansas. Yeah, including yeah. the pastor and his wife, all diagnosed. Um, you know, it's like come on, yeah. come on. Um, let's be smarter than that. Yeah, I think that was before it had gotten kind of out of hand, though. Am I? Is that, I is that right? All I know is I think it was be a couple weeks before that. it got kind of. But you're right. I mean, there's still plenty of us that are trying to. We're trying to force something to happen that just doesn't need to yeah. calm down. I mean, we even had conversation. You know, last week we. 
you know, we had 20, I did a head count and 24 people in the room. We recorded last week's services and, and, uh, you know, we did the Lysol wipes with donuts and you know I mean? Like we try to be as careful as we could. And then going into this week, we're just like, you know, we're just not going to do that. Right. We're just going to do what's best. We're doing what's best for our people. Um, and so this is, um, this is not the time to make a stand. No, not that kind of stand. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. the, t- it's yeah. the time to make a stand. And that's the thing. It's like <clears throat> churches are historically guilty of trying to defend things that no longer need to work, let alone don't. Right. So it's like, we keep trying to put ourselves in these positions where we're trying to trying to force feed something that quite frankly, doesn't matter. You right. know what I mean? It's not even, it's not even like there are things that matter. There's gospel centric issues. You know what I mean? You want to change who we're worshiping. That's an issue. You know, and you want to change the gospel. That's an issue. You want to change like how we gather. Like, eh, it's not an issue. I don't care about that. Yeah. You know, like don't get me wrong. I would love to see our church face to face, but if doing that means that some of them could get sick, nah, I'm good. I'm good. You know? Um, so all that to say is, yeah, you pause all that. So hopefully in a few months or whatever, we gather again, you know, or when, when it's good. Right, 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 right. And, and, um, you know, I think it's, you know, I was listening to Kerry Newhoff that he was, he was interviewing a few different guys. I'm trying to remember what their names were, uh, to actually as a young, uh, a woman, from Belay Solutions. And then the two guys that were talking about leading in crisis and all these other things. And, and one of the things the guy was talking about, it was just like, you know, not, not forcing something to happen that doesn't need to happen. You know, like delay is okay. Delay is okay. Delay is okay. Tweet it. <laughs> you know, like, uh, even some of the things we've been talking about with our team, you know, we need to know this now. I'm like, but you don't calm down. I'll have an answer for you in the next couple of days. Like, I know you would love to know things five days in advance. So would I, like, right. I'm, I'm, I'm getting information to make decisions the day of. You don't think you're going to get answers before that. Right. Like, you know, yeah. like I don't even have the ability to predict what's coming next. So uh, things keep changing. You know, things changed last night for our worship team. You know, I was yeah. telling you before, like, you know, I'm sending out texts this morning, like, hey, fellas, uh, this changed too. You know what I mean? Like, I, none of us know what's going to be happening it fits, this afternoon or tomorrow. It goes know? with something we've been saying since November, this little phrase of we hold things loosely. We hold it, hold it all loosely. loosely. Yeah. You know, so, and this is it. I mean, things are changing, you know, and it's like, and everybody's on edge and we get it. You know, we had to tell, we had to kind of communicate to our team last week. It's like, guys, give us time to process and make decisions and communicate them Seriously. out w- without the, you know, and it was, it was, um, yeah. it was just an onslaught. And I get it. Like if I was a, uh, you know, a team leader and things like I, I get it, but it's like, that's why I had to be said. It's like, give us t- yeah, we, we met me and me and you met with the uh, superintendent of the schools last week and yeah. just got an opportunity to spend a few minutes with him. Right and, with him, yeah. Um, it's like, man, things are just changing, changing so fast. But well, and it's uh, yeah, sorry, good. Well, I was gonna say, and then all that to say, um, <clears throat> if you're a part of TC, uh, you should have received an email this morning yeah. um, yep, yep, about yep. some of the solutions we have. We've kind of yep. come up with some solutions. We're partnering with Right Now Media. Um, so if you're a part of TC, uh, you should have re- uh, received an email this morning. If you didn't get an email this morning, because we don't have your email, that doesn't mean you can't take part. Send us an email, contact at transformationchurch.com. We'll get you all hooked up with Right Now Media. Uh, we're going to have online like online groups, online small yeah, groups. Going online groups, yeah. Starting Monday. Um, so all that stuff will be available. Keep, keep an eye out, not only on our social, but our website will probably mm-hmm. be the best place to send you for information transformationchurch.com as we make those um each day there'll be more and more info coming out so Definitely. we'll just update the website there'll be online groups and we're going to utilize what a, a lot of people are utilizing right now which is zoom zoom um, 
I was on an hour. Webs. I was on an hour Zoom last night with some family that's all over the place. Um, yeah, but we're going to be using Zoom to to still gather in person and and do these Zoom calls. And I think that's important as as people are kind of you know isolated and and doing the social distancing thing and staying yeah, home. It's yeah. still important for us to look each other face to face, and Zoom at least allows a platform for that. So that's what we're going to do. So. Uh, Keep keeping out on your emails and mm-hmm. social and our website and all those things. Starting Monday will be it'll be really cool. So if we're getting the team ready for that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it's totally true. And so we talked about with our coaches and, and our leaders last week. You know, it's like this idea that um, you know a lot of them are looking for immediate answers, and, and quite frankly, uh, I understand why they are because this is the first time in the history of our church that I haven't had them. Because the climate has always been the same, we were just making, we were having to pivot around circumstances, but the environment was the same. Right. I've always, we've always had pretty fast answers. Like, okay, we're going to do this. Okay, we're going to do that. This is the first time that the environment, the climate has changed so much that we have to, like, we have to relearn a few things in the process too. So it's, I get why people like want fast answers. Oh yeah, no doubt. It's understanding that, um, because so many things have changed so significantly, we're having to learn and adapt, um, on, on it, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, and the, the, the divide between like where my mind can go creatively. It's like, we should do this. And then they have to like, okay, but we have three days. So maybe like, what's the, <laughs> what's the, like the three day variation of that, uh, that, that we can pull off. And so it, it's just some of those things too, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's good, man. We're, you know, some of our guys have been texting me, you know, I get texts every day right now. Like, Hey, how are you doing? Which I appreciate. I really do. A lot of our coaches just checking in with me. How you doing? Um, you know, and my, my response is the same to all of them. And I think hopefully this encourages, somebody you know um that's listening or watching but um you know how are you doing how are you doing how are you doing you know one of the phrases that i've used with all of them is like man i was made for this and i think it's important that we like grab a hold of that you know what I mean like whatever you're going through god has entrusted you to go through which means he'll grace you to go through um you know and i think about i even think about like the journey with with me and ash and, and jabin and our family and stuff you know it's like people were constantly like there's no way i could have gone through that and i'm like you're right you couldn't have and neither could we if God didn't grace us with the, with what we needed to go through it, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, um, and I think in this season for everyone that's listening, whether you're a pastor that's listening, um, I'm so grateful for guys like, uh, Josh Lipscomb, you know, pastor Josh at Liberty. That's in my life. I'm super grateful for him. You know, he's, he's such an encourager and he's constantly looking out for me and, and, uh, just checking in on me, especially with some, big decisions we've been having to make lately in some other arenas. Um, and so he's just been checking in on me and, and, and uh, it means a lot. So I'm grateful for all the people checking on me. And I think the thing to be reminded of is no matter who you are, if you're a pastor that's listening, if you're just a regular church member, um, you know, whoever you are, if you're a dream team or if you're a coach, you were like, you were made for this season. Yeah. We got some stuff we got to figure out. There's some things we're unsure of, you know, there's a level of uncertainty for all of us, but you were made for this. For such a time as it. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's some, there's some, like great Esther type stuff, like moments right now. It's like, man, you were, you were made for this. Like, so be, be, I want to encourage everyone out there. Stop looking for how to survive and start looking for how to thrive. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, man, how do we, how do we still remain the church full of hope and joy and peace and faith? Um, how do we point people to Jesus in a season like this? Because it's always easy for us to point to Jesus in seasons where things are well, people are looking to us now. 
you know, they don't want to see how things are going for us when our house is paid and our mortgage is paid and our cars are paid and we got food in the pantry. They want to know what, how, how, what do we look like serving Jesus now? Right now, yeah. Because now we're in the thick of it. And yeah. now both our pantry's empty and y'all's pantry's empty. <laughs> so are we, are we talking the same fear? You know what I mean? Are we spitting the same level of concern? Are we, are we falling into the same trap that they're falling into, which is, is God even good right now? Or are we holding true to what we know is the truth? Um, which is that God's goodness is not dictated by COVID-19 or anything else we may go with, you know, God's goodness is met at the cross, but all the provision that he has set in motion before the foundation of the world is already in motion. He's going to take care of his people. Um, and so just having that confidence, I think is just super special right now. So it's good, and we're going to be doing things. You know, if you're if you're uh, joining us on the podcast, man, we're glad you're you're back again today. And then for those on uh, watching us live on Facebook, man, always appreciate you guys, um, the Facebook audience, man. If you got questions or anything during this time, drop them in the comments, and we'll we'll try to address them at the end. And we'll probably be coming. Me and me and Pastor Brad will probably do be doing more live stuff over the next coming weeks. Just weeks, even yeah. even like Q and As and stuff like that. Just just to have some fun since everybody's at home. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, getting bored off of Netflix and stuff like that. We'll probably uh, try to jump on and do some do some live stuff and just have some fun and answer questions and all this type of things. So uh, we started a new series on Sunday. Did we started a new series on Sunday? It was good. Um, change the channel. Change the channel. We uh, a whole new series of uh, faithful. Faithful. Yeah. yeah. The idea of how do we how do we uh, how do we trust in a faithful God when we feel faithless. Um, you know, and uh, we've we've gotten tremendous feedback already, because <laughs> uh, obviously when you're when you're speaking to where people are at, you know it, it starts to it really starts to hit home. But that's where, right. I mean, um, how do we trust in a faithful God when we feel faithless? Mm. So yeah, that's where we that's where we're at. And so Sunday we talked about this idea of changing the channel, and we really spent it was really just kind of a walk through a chunk of Second Corinthians ten. And looking at what what was being communicated, particularly in verses four through five, but we got past that uh, a little bit. But it's mostly Second Corinthians ten four through five. You know where um, where Paul is writing. He's talking about the weapons of our warfare uh, are not the weapons of the world. They're not carnal. Uh, on the contrary, they have the divine power to demolish strongholds. Uh, and we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And this idea of changing the channel, because there's so much stinking noise out there right now. Like, I mean, I've almost just like gotten rid of Facebook completely at this point. Cause it's like, but I'm sick of it. Yeah. Corona virus central. Like I know we're on Facebook like right now, but I'm just Facebook while I'm on Facebook. Yeah. I'm sick of the headline readers that post that just read a headline and then share it and have have no, no, but that's been going on. But nonetheless, that's just my little rant. We'll move on. The foundation of Facebook. Yeah. I've had it with, with headline readers. Continue. Well, you know, (laughs) no, we're all listening to the same channel right now. Right. The channel is nonstop COVID-19. It's nonstop coronavirus. Um, Fear and negativity. Thank God there's some people out there that are like, you know, we don't have to fall into this position of fear and they're looking for ways to try to change that. And so if you're one of those people, I appreciate you. Okay. (laughs) But uh, for the most part, you know, it's like we're just posting about coronavirus. And here's the deal. Like, you know, um, I understand you know, uh, I kind of live in a, uh, not, I'm, I would, Justin, what would you call me? I'm not a prepper. Like, would you call me, would you consider me a prepper? No. I don't think so. No. I don't think so either. 
I would not. I am prepared, but I don't think I'm a prepper. No, I don't. I wouldn't call you a prepper, especially. I mean, I know you have like firearms and stuff, you know. But like, (laughs) I I I wouldn't call you a prepper, like in that regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but but no, I think you, I think you. If anything, you probably will let things play out another day or two to make sure we don't have to make drastic change. Like you know. Yeah. You you know what I'm saying? Like I think you want to be be fully informed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I live it. I I personally kind of live in this position of like being prepared for most things. You know what I mean? Like I have firearms. I have a a decent amount of ammunition for said firearms. Um, You know, like I always have a few cases of bottled water. I always have some non-perishable food. I always, I mean, we live in Florida, man. Like you're a week away from any hurricane at any given time. Like, uh, so I'm just kind of, I kind of live in that space. Um, generators and gasoline and that kind of stuff. But See, I don't need to do, I don't do all that. Yeah. I mean, um, now a lot of that came from a time frame, you know, a lot of it, like with Jabin, yeah. like, you know, he had his heart monitor that had to be plugged in oxygen machines. So it was like, we were, it was even more heightened then, but I am that person anyways. Like I'm kind of, I'm kind of prepared for all things, you know? Um, so I, I'm not a prepper and I don't have a whole bedroom designated to like my stash, you know what I mean? In case the apocalypse starts, uh, just a couple closets. So I think, <laughs> I think I'm good in that space. But all that to say is like, there's so much noise right now around like, you know, even like martial law and like all these things, which, which are possible in the current state. They're not yet probable. Now we're, we're a good ways from that. Right. So, um, you know what I mean? But, uh, but if people don't be listening, man, listen, putting us in that position, listen, on, I, I saw that meme. Do you see the meme? I know you had to have seen it. It's like, man, I feel like the kid that keeps losing recess time. Cause one or two of my <laughs> yeah. like kindergartner that keeps losing recess time. Cause one or two of my friends won't act right in class. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I feel like that is churches. <laughs> Got a couple knuckleheads out there. Oh man! So yeah, so we we kind of open up and we're just talking about how there's so much going on. There's so much noise. We got to change the channel. We we looked at even top search, uh, top things googled. You know what I mean? Like how long will coronavirus last? You know how do I protect myself from coronavirus? It's like wash your hands, stay away from people. Yeah. Um. But how do I treat coronavirus? Stuff like that. Yeah. Some of us, you know. I think uh, some people that are the the introverts and the the Enneagram fives of the world and all that. I mean, they've been this is their time to shine. They've, they've been waiting for a, they've been waiting for a, a time a social, such as this. For, for social distancing to kick in. I mean, they've been right. they've been dying for this. I mean, that's what uh, that's what my wife my wife's a type five. You guys know the type. They're the quiet specialists. They kind of keep to themselves. They like to be on the couch. You know that kind of thing. My wife is a five, uh, and someone was saying the other day. They're like, man, I just you know, good for everyone that's secluding themselves and following the social distancing. My wife was like, this is every day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, I love this. So. Yeah. No, I, I like, know, I like, I like it at times. I know you're watching right now, Ashley. I love you. So, but yeah, no. And so they're just like, the people are, they're just fearful, you know, they're worried, yeah. they're concerned. And I'm, I, I think you and I are both like, we're in, a, we are aware, but I'm not fearful. I, that ne- makes sense. I'm never scared of anything. Never scared. Well, you're like, you're, you're, uh, you can raise and lower your cholesterol at will. That's cool. Absolutely. Why would you, but why would you want to raise your cholesterol? So I can lower it. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an office reference for those uh, yeah, who TV show. I cannot raise or lower my cholesterol, oh, yeah. but I, <laughs> but I am Thanks not. Thanks for the clarification. 
but I am not scared of anything. Well, I never have been. Yeah, I, I'm gonna never be scared. okay. Yeah, never scared. Yeah, I ain't never scared. Who is that? Bone Ooh, Crusher. Is it Bone Crusher? I ain't never scared. I ain't never scared. Anyway, so, um, so we talked about changing the channel, right? And we talked about three things to just kind of help in that process. Absolutely. And the first one we talked about is this idea that it's time to hear a new sound. It's good. And, um, you know, in Second Corinthians ten four through five, we kind of went back, and so what we did is we just kept, kept revisiting that because there's certain words in there that actually are pretty powerful when you pull the original meaning out of them. You know, and so Second um, Corinthians ten four through five are weapons of warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty uh, for pulling down uh, and demolishing strongholds. Mm-hmm. Right. And that word strongholds uh, comes from a it's used figuratively um, to represent a false argument in which a person would seek shelter to escape reality. How about that? But that's it. In. How about that? Right. So um, the weapons of a warfare aren't carnal. They're not worldly, but they're built to demolish the the idea that you would have a false argument to use that to escape reality. Um, and so we want to demolish those strongholds, those false arguments. Um, and what are those false arguments, right? Like <laughs> declaring non-truths about God. What, it, what is it? I, uh, no, I can't even say it. Uh, it's not, it's <laughs> no. uh, not suitable for a workplace. No. no. Uh, so <laughs> so it. Um, just made me laugh in my head though. So we've got this idea of escaping reality, right? People seeking shelter behind false arguments false truths but what is a like what does that look like right so we talked about it what does it look like well like we when we don't allow god to have the credence in the truth of who he is those are false realities so a false reality would be i need i need um more from the world than i need from god right now in the midst of coronavirus, I need, I need groceries. I need this. I need this. And, and all those things may be true, but the false argument would tell you, you need those more than you need God's provision right now. Yeah. And that's not, that's, that's a not, false argument. Right. right. Um, and that's, it's really escaping the reality that God's in control of all of this. Um, Isaiah forty-one ten. What do you got there, Justin? Why don't you rattle that off? Yeah. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And I think that, and sometimes, man, I was, I was checking out one of my boys the other day and he was doing a walkthrough on a scripture and the way he was doing it just kind of reminded me of the ways that I typically, but it just, it kind of jolted my memory and I was like, man, that's so good. Cause even as Isaiah 41 10, the practice that he was using, if you use that practice, when you read it, you really start to pull the scripture part, which is powerful because it says, so do not fear. But that's pretty unrealistic in a season like this. So God doesn't say, don't fear, and then walk away. He gives you the reason why you shouldn't fear. Yeah. Don't fear because, because. I am your God. Right. In other words, like, yeah, if it weren't for me, you would have a lot of reasons to fear. But because of me, you shouldn't. Right. Uh, he says, don't be dismayed. Right. Or he says, because I am with you, he says, don't be dismayed. Now we would all be dismayed if, it, but he said, why should we not be dismayed? Cause he's our God. Like, so he gives us the antidote to the things that wish like we in coronavirus and take that out of the equation. Like we said, Sunday, maybe coronavirus is never going to impact you that drastically, but maybe cancer would, or another disease would, or maybe losing your job would, or whatever. Like, um, for a lot of us, we may never get coronavirus, but the bankruptcies that are going to take place because of coronavirus, that may be yeah. a more a, a healthier reality for you absolutely um and so with that said you know um 
God's saying, I'm not saying you shouldn't fear, and I'm not saying you're not going to be dismayed. I'm saying you should fear if it weren't for me being with you, but I am. You should be dismayed if I weren't your God, but I am. And so um, it's giving, it's saying that he's the antidote to all of those things that are happening to us. That's good. And uh, that's super, super powerful. Um, and, and then the other word for stronghold, we go into the Greek, is this word echo, right? And it's like um, the echo, 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 echo. Like, you know, we've all yelled down a hallway or like in a cave or something, you know? Yeah. So I don't know if, I don't know any caves you've been in, Justin. I've are been you, in some, I have been. You're, are you a caver? I don't know what that even means. But I mean, either. I've, I've been in the like. The dramatic word that I just made up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's true. I've been in like caverns. There's caverns in Mariana, Mariana Caverns. Okay. And then I've been in some like caves, stuff like that, and caverns with the stagtites and stalagmites. I just got real nerdy on this podcast. Some, those are some real words. Good there, Lord, let's move on. Yeah. So, uh, but we're talking about. I hope echo. I said those words right. Stag, stag, Stagtites. Yep. Stalagmites. Stag, yep. I don't know. Someone comment. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we we uh, we talked about this idea of echo, right? And the strongholds that hold us down. Yes, they're they're false. You know, they're they're. Uh, these false shelters that we create for ourselves, but it's also these overwhelming echoes that once they're communicated in our spirit or in our mind or in our heart, they just repeat themselves. Right. And so, um, that's where the enemy comes in and speaks fear into our heart. You know what I mean? Like you're going to go bankrupt. You're going to go bankrupt. You're going to go bankrupt. And, and, and he keeps this real, of constant words in our spirit that are tearing us down. They're strongholds that are holding us. They're suppressing us. They're drawing us into depression and anxiety. They're stirring up fear. They're overwhelming our mind. They're making it hard for us to think and concentrate. And, and, um, and so those echoes, as long as they're ringing, like we're going to have a hard time moving forward. Right. And so those like this constant. And so like we said on Sunday, and I want to encourage you to go back to watch the message, but, uh, or listen to the message in the, in the podcast feed. But you know, we, we get caught up in these echoes and the only thing, the only way to, to get rid of an echo is to start a new one. Mm. Right. And so we have to change the channel, right? You're never going to turn off your thoughts. That's not going to happen. I've tried. <laughs> right. You're never going to turn work. off your thoughts. What you got to do is change the channel. Mm, that's a good point. To a new, like, and hear a new sound. That's the whole point of, you know, this first, the first point is like, hear a new sound. You're never going to stop hearing that. So we have to create a sound that's louder. Um, because, you know, what we said on Sunday, I think you got it there, Justin, that little, what yeah. you fail. What you fail to replace, you will repeat. That's right. So, um, you know, you're not going to get rid of it. What you got to do is replace it it's Good, because if you don't replace it, then you'll repeat the same echo, right? You'll buy into, you'll buy into that echoes continuing sound unless you replace it with a new sound that you can start to buy into. No doubt. So, um, so Philippians four, seven says in the peace of God, which surpasses all understandings will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So, um, then we talk about, it's time to sing a new song song like a deaf leopard song that's an old song that's a, that would be an yeah, that would for, be an old song it'd be new for some people yeah, yeah. that's like you remember when paul mccartney like sings out with a rapper and they're like oh this dude's about to make paul mccartney famous on twitter and stuff did you, you never saw that no paul mccartney did something with a rapper this is like a year ago and like so they did like they collaborated on this song and these kids got on Twitter and were like, yo, like young Jeezy or somebody. And they're like, yo, Jeezy's about to make this Paul McCartney guy famous. It's like, okay. We're like, sit down. 
Paul McCartney invented music or something. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, down. Yeah, like, so, um, but no, it's time to sing a new song. Old songs are good. I love old songs. I know you do. I do. Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Favorite band? Of all time. Best band of all time or favorite? Favorite. Okay. Surely they're not the best band of all time. Well, I In fact, I don't I, know what you think. They're not the, no, they're not the best band of all time. They are my favorite band of all time. Who do you think the best band of all time is? Oh, man, that's... I don't think you can say that. I think I think I think genre. I don't even think I can say that. Oh, I mean, I think right. I think genre matters. That's I, true. And then there are some people that it's like Prince. I'm not a big Prince fan. Incredible. He is a phenomenal phenomenal musician. Yeah, absolutely. And Purple Rain is one of my absolute favorite songs. Purple Rain. But other than that, I'm not into Prince for the most part. I got you. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I understand. Um, even though Adam Levine. I saw that. Killed that. Uh, he he did, and I didn't know he could play the guitar like that. But I don't, I don't uh, know if anybody knew he could play the guitar like that. But no, I um, his band didn't know he could play the guitar <laughs> like that. So so yeah, I uh, and then there's even like you know you take you take a man like Led Zeppelin and what they did to rock and roll in the seventies, and I, yeah. I, I, I so I don't know uh, that there is the best band of all time. You know, a lot of people probably argue it's the Beatles, like you just mentioned, Paul McCartney, mm. which. I can't get down with that statement, but I understand it at the time. You know, maybe the greatest impact on music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, the Beatles were something. Def Leppard is my favorite band of all time. They're yep. amazing, and anyone who disagrees has a right to be wrong. But interesting, yeah, interesting. Those are, those are the boys. Yeah, I go through seasons. See, mine has changed a little bit. You know, there for a while it was Dave Matthews Band, and I still think that, in my opinion, Carter Beaufort's probably the best drummer of all time. Even though Neil Peart is there's you know whatever but um so dave matthews band but then i go through see like you know mumford and sons is like it right now their delta album they dropped last year was fire see, I, don't even, I don't even rock with none of that yeah i know yeah. so um but uh, you know um it just depends man yeah i think it just depends on what you're talking about you take somebody like a bruno mars who's amazing but bruno mars is you know, I think I think some I think some stuff is just timeless, and maybe that's just because of the era in which it was they were around. Could be. You know, there. I mean, you you start playing "Don't Stop Believing" by Journey, and everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Um. You know, Mumford and Sons, as great as they may be, thirty years from now, you're probably not going to have that because uh, there's people now that don't know that. Yeah. You know, so it's like I don't, and that's Perhaps. just my opinion. I don't yeah. know, but it's like some stuff is just timeless, even if that's not your genre. Um, yeah. I don't know, but it's just a different era too. Like the radio controlled what popular music it was, was absolutely in the seventies and eighties. Yeah. yeah, so now it's all changed. Where you know independent music channels and stuff. So we were force fed music there for about thirty years, forty right. years, yeah. um, and it was so good. It just means we were we we're kind of force fed. Now that's kind of changed a little bit, but um, I do agree. You know, the thing about someone like Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars, Prince. To an extent, Michael Jackson, um, is that they cross generational lines like nobody else ever has. Like you're, if you were at a, if you were at a family barbecue, right? The granddaughter who's four, the mom who's twenty, the the grandma who's you know, 40 and the great grandma who's 65. And if there's another generation, you know, maybe great, great grams is there too at 80. All of them are getting down to 24 karat magic. Right. 
You know what I mean? Like, doesn't matter. Everyone's dancing to Bruno Mars. Same with Prince. You know what I mean? And to an extent, Michael Jackson is in that club too. Yeah, but I think I think Michael Jackson loses anything he ever gained just because the fact he's a child molester. So, well, well, all right. Well, I mean, hey, well, listen, alleged. That's <laughs> on the podcast. If y'all could have seen Justin's <laughs> face when I said that. Um, but nonetheless, you know, uh, that music, those, the, those music artists, they're, they, they transcend generations. That's, that's true. That's what makes Bruno Mars so special. That, and he writes his own, like he's, you know I mean? He doesn't, uh, necessarily need anybody else in the studio with him. He's a producer. He's a writer. He's a whatever. I mean, he's incredible. He's, he's the musician, he plays the drums, plays the keys, plays the guitar, whatever. He's, it's ridiculous. Um, the dude can sing. You know who else is in that category? It doesn't get enough love. You know who I'm thinking of? Nope. Justin Timberlake. Mm. JT's close. I'm not saying he's as good as Prince and Bruno. I'm saying he crosses generational. He can cross the generational thing pretty well. Um, you know, some of his music can't stop the feeling. And my dad loves that song. So does Hayden. And you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just a good song. Like he writes some of that stuff that's really dope. Now he doesn't, he writes a lot of his stuff, but some stuff he doesn't Yeah, I write. think he's talented. I, his voice isn't my favorite. I think he sings a little too high for my taste, but I can understand that. Um, that Tennessee whiskey that he did with Chris Stapleton. Oh, now that's different. I mean that, <laughs> uh, but but that's because it's Chris Stapleton. Dude, that is true. Chris you Stapleton know. is a gangster. Uh, you know, that, that is a good collab. He's but, a wash his beard, but, but he's a gangster. But generally, but the thing with Justin Timberlake, the reason I don't listen to stuff like that is his a lot of his stuff. At least his real popular album, you know what it was, seven eight years ago, whatever it was, however long. Yeah, it's a little too pop. I don't like pop music. Yeah, it's I mean, a little. I get it's it. a little too anything that's like current poppy, you know. But you watch him live. I think he's great. He's got a full band there. He's what? got horns and right, right, right. And he plays guitar. Like, have that's, you seen the one on Netflix? The uh, show on Netflix. I haven't watched it with but, the Tennessee Boys or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, it's good. But some like we it's listen good. to like the album. It's a little too just studio y. That's just my yeah, opinion. I, and he sings a little too high for my personal. Yeah, he gets that falsetto stuff a lot. A lot of falsetto, so it's just not my favorite. Him so. and, you know who else falls into that category too? Is that their albums aren't nearly as good as they are live? Is John Mayer. Correct. John Mayer falls in that category. Correct. Um, you know, I, I, I have no interest in listening to his music on a, uh, from iTunes. Yeah. But unless it's the trio, but watching live, he's, have you heard his trio stuff? <laughs> Listen to it. Dino Palladino on bass, oh. uh, or Pino Palladino on bass, uh, Steve Jordan on drums. Like these are legends in the music world. And just a trio. It's three of them doing like Stevie Ray Vaughan esque type approach. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah. Bruh, it is. Yeah. And those are three legendary musicians. I mean, Steve Jordan was all going into the music hall of fame before John Mayer was, even famous. I mean, he, right. so he's got, he's surrounding himself with the right dudes. So, um, I'd be down for that. Yeah. So, uh, all that to say, all that to say, pick anyone we just talked about and find a new song, find a new, <laughs> <laughs> sing a new song. Yeah. What we were talking about on finding a new song has nothing to do with those artists. We just talked no, about. No, 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 no. Uh, we're just trying to help you out. Right. 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 I would recommend you- the hysteria album from Def Leppard, but that's just me. Okay. 1987. I think the continuum album from John Mayer was fire. Steve Jordan produced it. That's why it's a, it has a very rhythmic approach to music and it's a blues approach to music as opposed to like room for squares and all that stuff. But John Mayer knew what he was doing though. Cause someone told him, you know, he was at like Berkeley or something and they were like, this music is never going to get you. You're never going to make it. Yeah. yeah he, and, he was uh, teachers and stuff. Yeah. He was like, bet. 
<laughs> you know, uh, and so, but he came out with the right game plan. He won over the girls, got famous off for writing love songs on his acoustic guitar. You know, mm-hmm. your body is a wonderland type stuff, you know, not promoting premarital. Anyway, so, uh, he got famous <laughs> doing that. And then, um, uh, once he was famous, he's like, now nah, I'm gonna do what I want to do. And, but he did a whole concert where he opened for himself twice <laughs> like it was him doing an acoustic set that opened for his blues trio that opened for him in full band mm. that's good so oh, quite so, a quite the uh borderline narcissistic maybe, i was gonna but, say <laughs> but quite it was a really a great me- album kind of megalomaniac thing. yeah yeah, yeah it, was, it was great it's a good album so um, no, but anyways, that's, that's funny. the idea of singing a new song has nothing to do with John Mayer, Def Leppard. But what it does have to do with is this idea, going back to 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. Um, the weapons we fight with aren't carnal. You know, they're not of the world. Uh, on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Then it says, we demolish arguments, right? Now, that word arguments there is like, is kind of like bottom line reasoning. We demolish the bottom line reasoning that reflects someone's values, uh, i.e. how they personally assign weight in determining what they find reasonable about something. Now, when I said that, what we're getting at is when we go through circumstances, we change the bottom line value to what we worship. Right. So like um, when we go through, we've all experienced difficult seasons in life and those difficult seasons cause us to worship God differently. Right. In the middle of the season, some would say that it became harder to worship God because they were angry or bitter or whatever towards the Lord. Right. So because their heart is in a certain position, it's harder to to worship God. It's harder to do these things. And so we demolish arguments. We demolish false values. We demolish a, a distorted picture of God in our hearts. Right. Um, and so what we need to do is we need to sing a song. We need to gather a song about God and start to sing a new song about who God is in our life. You know what I mean? Like what he did 10 years ago, we need to look to that to encourage us, but we need to be singing about what he's going to do today. We need to like, we need a new song in our hearts, right? To, to declare the promise, the truth of who God is. That's good. Um, so first uh, Chronicles sixteen thirty four. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. Yeah. So just declaring like, man, everywhere in the Bible, especially in Psalms, but man, like everywhere in the Bible is, is a declaration of God's goodness and his mercy and who he is. Um, and that caused us to pose a question, right? What if all you had tomorrow was what you thank God for today? That's a serious. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> We're done. Mic drop. We're done. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what, it, you know, uh, and, and that should cause us to sing about God and worship him, sing a new song, declare his goodness, declare uh, his mercy, right? Psalm 23, six, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 27, 13, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And you can just go through Psalms man like 
Psalms 31, Psalm 23, Psalm 32, like where you can just go through and you can read uh, David swaying back and forth between this is really rough right now. This is really hard. Coronavirus is here. My enemies are against me. You know, not coronavirus wasn't there, but you know what I mean? Like bringing it to our space, you know what I mean? Like coronavirus is here. I may lose my job. Like I may get sick. I'm really scared of this. But then David does what all of us have to do, which is then declare the new song. Right, which is I will hide under the shadow of the the wings of my God. You know, He is for me. Uh, he will strike down my enemies. You know, like, um, and we declare the truth of God even in circumstances that may seem uncertain. And uh, and so that's really that's a it's a healthy understanding to have. Absolutely. So, and then number three, it's time to prepare for a new season. Time to prepare for a new season. Going back to Second Corinthians ten four through five again, um, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And the idea behind pretension there is a work, the word that uh, from the Greek represents like a high thing. Um, You know, the word that was actually somewhat represented, uh, as if you've ever seen a castle, you know, there's always one tower in the castle that's really tall to be able to see. And um, as a matter of fact, in certain, um, in certain people groups, they would actually put an idol in that tower so it would be high so that uh anyone in the city could see what they were worshiping from wherever they were um and one of the things that they're talking about here is this idea that there's a high thing or a high tower or a high place where we focus our attention um and so what what paul is saying is we demolish arguments in every high thing that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Everything that we may worship that comes against what God has said is true. Everything that we exalt into a place that it shouldn't be in, um, you know, we have to tear those things down. So we demolish things that come against what God what God has spoken is truth, because um, He desires to be the strong tower. He desires to be the only thing that's worshipped. So in the midst of coronavirus or cancer or job loss or uncertainty, um, man. God wants to be the thing that your attention is drawn to, to worship no matter where you are in the scape of everything. That's right. Um, and so uh, we routed off a number of scriptures that, that supported that. You can go check those out. But um, And we said your position in your next season is determined by your faithfulness in your current one. Yeah. And it's just the idea of sowing and reaping, right? Like, you know, we put seed in the ground. You know, what farmer put that put seed in the ground doesn't go out and check it to see if a harvest has come right um and for us it's like many of us six months to a year from now and this is important i want all of you guys on facebook and all you guys listen to the podcast i want you to understand this this is important six months to a year from now you're going to be looking for god to do something supernatural in your life some of you right now are looking for god to do something supernatural in life and i have one question for you and it's not a judgmental one i don't mean a judgmental in any sort of way Have you invested yourself, your finances, your life in such a way over the last six months that, that there is a harvest ready to be grown in this current season? That's just a self-assessment question. For example, for myself and my wife, I have complete peace and confidence that God is going to take care of me. We had tithed since we've been married, we've tithed, but we've been faithful in our tithing. Um, we have given to the Lord consistently. Um, we have sown into multiple areas. We've already paid our tickets to go to Peru, hopefully in July. Hopefully that still happens to go on the mission field and, and help uh, the, the Peruvian people uh, overseas. Uh, and uh, so we have done all of, like, we've been faithful 
in those seasons. So now that we're in a season where we're really having to trust God, I have complete confidence that God's going to come through for us. I'm not saying that we're going to get a new house or a new car. I'm not saying any of that. I'm talking about God is going to take care of us. That's right. In our last season, in our former season, we were, we were, um, we positioned ourselves then through sowing good seed into good soil so that God can be faithful in this current one. Um, and so he can reward faithfulness in this current, whatever that looks like. And my question is for some of you in six months to a year, you're going to be leaning in, hoping God is going to be faithful. My question is, are you positioning yourself now for God's faithfulness to be rewarding and blessing to be given in that season? That's it. Because he'll say, he said, if if you are faithful over little, I'll make you ruler over much, right? And so um, it's seasons like this where God is testing you. And, and and man, we just want to tell you, I had a we had a conversation here on staff yesterday where I was talking to him, and we were just talking to the staff, saying, "Hey, listen, you know, we don't know what the next." four, six, 12 months are going to look like for us. We're going to take care of everybody. We're going to do all we can, you know, so we're even having conversations about, um, you know, being faithful to our staff members and taking care of them, but also what the future may look like. Just like many of you are having that conversation right now about not being, you know, a certain level of uncertainty with your job right now. We are confident, um, that we can continue to take care of everyone, but who knows what this will look like in 12 months. That's right. That's where everyone's kind of at right now. So, um, what I'm encouraging, what we're all encouraged by is we've all been faithful, so we're all at peace. God's going to take care of it. Our last season, we did, we were faithful, so God's going to be faithful in this season. And we're going to continue to be faithful, myself and my wife. We're going to continue to be faithful in this season so that in the next season, God can continue to be faithful in return. That's right. Sowing and reaping, you know what I mean? So it's not the prosperity gospel. It's not God owes us anything. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is constantly throughout the word, God represents sowing and reaping. He references it. He looks at it. He tells us that it's a good principle, a principle to be followed. And so for those of you who are hoping that God is going to be faithful to you, I'm telling you right now, be faithful to him. You know, uh, your tithe may look completely different over the next two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, three months. <clears throat> be faithful in whatever it is. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to get on here and like, everyone should send us a thousand dollars. Like, I, we, we don't play that game here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin would call in the overseers if, the, if that were the case. Look, like, <laughs> anybody who tells you that, run. Run. Yeah. So we're not, I'm not telling you that. What I'm telling you is be faithful that whatever you get tithe on it, and you're not giving to me, you're not giving to our church. You're giving to the Lord, and you, you do that through our church because it says bring your tithes to the storehouse, which is your house where you get fed, which is our church. Um, so by all means, do that. But in doing that, you're positioning yourself for what's coming in the next season, and that's really, really important. Um, and so I just want to encourage everybody, man, don't don't fall into a survival men, mentality. Like step into a thriving mentality. And the only way to do that is to think longer than tomorrow. For some of you, I understand that's going to be really, really hard. And, and I'm, we're also not the ones to just say that and walk away. You know, if there's, you know, uh, we're, we're, IRS has kind of limited us on certain things we can and can't do, but anything we can do for our people, we want to do. We're talking earlier about some different things that we're setting into motion, um, on how to continue to help feed and take care of people. And so we're, we're actively continuing to work. We've been working on that, but we're actively continuing to do more. And we, we said it Sunday, we'll say it again in the whole, in that whole conversation of when it comes to giving and tithing, like one thing we also want to make clear is like, we also understand that there's a lot of people who, who are usually uh, generous or want to be generous and can't be in these times. Like if you lost your job, 
like we understand that like those are real things that we right that we're like we're praying we're praying with you and for you in those times like mm-hmm. um this is it's, it's not to come up it's not to sound like um, absolutely not yeah don't you know, take the take everything you have and sell it and and, and give it that's like that's not what's being said here it's nope. it's it's pre- positioning yourself i think was is, is the right thing yeah but, exactly and, and also we're also aware that a lot of people have, are losing their jobs right now or are furloughed or laid off and all those things that's important to us like if you're in the if you're in the food service industry right now man i in survived on tips like this is this is a tough it's very time. difficult season yeah so and we're, we're, and we're working on how we can be helping you we want you to right. know that we're, we're, at, we're proactive about that so um you know we got some things in motion hopefully you're going to pop up next week on how we can continue to, yeah. to serve you in a better way so, you know and for those of you that are in that position my encouragement to you is just pray you know, if God, because you may be in a season where you are in a level of uncertainty. Maybe you are in a position where um, you've lost your job with coronavirus or your hours are significantly cut back. But And if God says, hey, I want you to give this $50 to that person or tithe or whatever, wh- whatever, whatever, whatever that looks like, because it doesn't have to be to our church. Maybe God puts, you know, to, tells you to give $20 to your neighbor who lost their job, too. And you're going, God, I lost my job. I'm going to give something to them who lost their job. But if you feel like the Lord's doing that, pray about it and be obedient because what you're doing is preparing yourself for what God yeah. wants to bring into your life. But that's a prayer thing. That is not a pressure thing. And I want everyone to understand the difference. Like with there, there is no intent on any of us putting pressure on anybody to do anything. What I'm encouraging, if I'm pressuring you to do anything, it's to pray about what God would have you do. But when God gives you that peace to do something, be obedient because there's nothing. You'll never lose anything in your obedience to God. You only have the opportunity to gain something. Come on. Uh, regardless of what it may look like in the moment. So just That's be good. obedient to that and let God let God do something amazing in your life. Uh, I say let God. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? yeah. uh, put seed in the ground that God will be faithful to. That's right. And it's not like we're giving him permission. Although some, never mind. So we, won't go uh, there. <laughs> so we, just, we appreciate you guys. If you, um, yeah. If you're yeah. on Facebook, drop some questions if we'll, we'll hang on if anybody's got any questions we'll we'll stay on and answer some of those for those of you on the podcast that are with us man we appreciate like always you guys tuning in and uh it means a lot to us if you like and, and subscribe and share and all those things and then uh be with us this coming this coming sunday we'll we'll, we'll do part two of faithful and then, uh, we're, we're looking forward to it and we'll be back here next week that's it so uh yeah uh, justin tell me where they can find more info on the church transformationchurch.com or facebook and instagram at transformation pensacola that's it you don't forget you guys can catch our uh, stream live on sunday mornings nine and 10 30 uh and facebook and website so we'll see you guys there see you guys thanks for tuning in to the transformation church weekly follow-up podcast it would mean so much to us if you would subscribe like and review on itunes you get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends don't forget you can follow pastor justin and pastor brad on instagram and twitter at justin oswald underscore and at brad livingston underscore You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.